Turn to Luke chapter 11. Jesus, when he died at the cross, we remember the veil in the temple was rent in two. And he gave us access, I use the word access, into the Holy of Holies, into the very presence of the Lord. And I want to talk about prayer today because it's so vital in your life and my life. And we talk about that uh, regularly. But sometimes I revisit and some things that I believe God is showing me and some things that I believe are very important, we revisit. It's kind of like when you get your car aligned, you have to take it in every now and then and get it aligned or maybe get some work, a tune-up or whatever it may be. We need to revisit these things and to realize how important it is to pray in the will of God. I'm going to share that today. Everybody knows the Lord's Prayer. Can we all pray the Lord's Prayer today very reverently but very confidently? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We want to talk about today about actually prayer that works. And some things, there are three particular items I want to look at today that I think are very important because we have breath prayers when we pray, you know, on the run, and we're asking God, we're, we're praying that we would be aware of his presence because he's here right now with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. So he's with us all at all times. And so every now and then we stop uh, and we reflect upon that. And I've mentioned to you, talk to the Holy Spirit. He's with you. He's in us and he's with us, the Bible says. And talk to him and just share your life, whatever's going on. And, you know, when I get up in the morning, my prayer is, a lot of times the first prayer is, Lord, thank you for this new day and I welcome you into my life. What are we going to do today, Holy Spirit? What is it you have for us to do today. That's sort of uh, something that I do and been doing over the many years. And I ask the Lord, what is it we can do? And so reflect upon the fact that you are in the presence of the Lord, that he's with you always. But the actually, the, 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 the thing is, is that you need to be aware of his presence. And so I stop and I say, Holy Spirit, you're here right now. And I just want to tell you, I love you. And I praise you. I thank you for being with me. What are we doing and how are you guiding me today? Show me your ways, teach me your paths and lead me into the way everlasting, the Bible says. And, and I begin, I talk to him. And sometimes that turns into sort of like a, a conversation. I begin just talking with him. But being aware of the presence of the Lord, I believe as time goes along, we'll become more and more aware of the presence of the Lord. We're here to meet with God, right? We're not here to go through some type of ritualistic uh, practice. We're here to encounter the living God. He lives. He lives. How do I know He lives? He lives within my heart, that old hymn says. And so we want to encounter, we want to meet with Him here. But Jesus gives us access to this, but there are several things I think are so important. And the first uh, mentioned here of, of, of a particular foundational principle, I believe, is the fact is we need to come to the Lord with respect. A lot of times, you know, you talk about people, they're familiar with the Lord, and we need to obviously uh, to come to Him and lay our lives before Him. And yet some people come in a flippant way. But think about this. He is our Heavenly Father, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. He's our Father. 
You know, we are, have been adopted, I talked about here the last couple of weeks, into the family of God. It goes beyond just forgiveness, although we need forgiveness, and how great that is, because it begins there with Jesus redeeming us. But remember, along with that which God has given us, He has adopted us into the family. And as spoken of here uh, today in open worship in John chapter 15, it talks about that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches and we are to abide in Him. We'll talk about that. And really what that means is, is it's real simply, we are surrendering our lives to Him. We're no longer our own. We've been bought with a price. But when we come before our Father, we need to come to Him and understand that He is our Father. In verse 26 of John 16, it says, In that day you will ask in my name, and I don't say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. Remember this, we love Jesus, and he, God opens his heart, so to speak, in that way, in a way that obviously uh, is real intimate, real intimacy with the Lord. And so uh, we know that uh, God does this just because of what Jesus did. And then also, one of the things, really an intimate word, and that is and spoken of in, John, in Romans chapter 8, it talks about Abba, Father. And that word Abba means like Daddy, God, Daddy, like He's a Father to us. He's very intimate with us. And so we come to Him with respect. We come before Him with respect. And yes, we're familiar, and yes, we do not have the fear. We need to come to Him with awe and respect and honor. We don't have to be afraid because the Bible says in Hebrews that we can come confidently, very confidently, into the throne of grace and ask for grace and help in our time of need. Now, I don't know about you, and you don't have to show your hands, but I want to tell you, we are in need because if Jesus kind of let us go, as it be, because the Bible says there in, in Colossians that actually he holds it all together, that if he would let it go, the universe would be flung out into, the, out into outer space, so to speak. He's holding everything together. Gravity is working exactly to keep you and I here on planet Earth, right? He's holding it. He has it all together. And we've talked about in the last few weeks that before the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God was slain that actually God had in His mind a plan for you and me. When, would we, when we would be born on this earth, well, our plans, God's plans for us, everything, obviously, to, to show us the love of our Heavenly Father. So we're to come to Him with respect. You know, the Jewish people, they would even say the name Yahweh. They had a great respect for the Lord and, and all. And we do too. We come there, but we want to realize our Father has allowed His Son Jesus to come into the world and, and to die at Calvary and to be raised on the third day. And when He said, it's finished, remember the veil in the temple was rent in two, and you and I can go directly into the most holy place. Isn't that great? He hears our prayers. Isn't that great? But I come with respect. I've got to remember that, that he, he loves us. He already loves us. And he's in fully inclined to meet every need that we have. Sometimes he doesn't meet it on our timetable. But I guarantee he hears us because we're his children. We've been adopted. He's listening to us. He inclines his ear to us. 
He loves us with an everlasting love. He never changes. He never wavers with that love. Because sometimes we think when we stumble and fall, maybe we sin, we think somehow God stops loving us as a result. No, He doesn't. He never stops loving us. You say, yeah, but I should be more mature in Christ than what I am. Maybe, maybe we are. We're all on a journey, right? But God never stops. He never gives up. He never turns His back on us. He always says, come to Daddy. Come to your Father. Talk to me about it. Converse with me about it. Pray to me about it. And so whatever the issue is today, our Abba Father, our Daddy God, the one who's intimate with you and me, wants us to talk to Him. And here it is right here, our Father who art in heaven. Abba Father is very important. And he goes on, he says, So I say to you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a, man, if a son, he goes on in, chapter, in verse 11, If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I'm reading from Luke chapter 11 on down past the Lord's Prayer there. He goes, if you then, obviously, if evil fathers, people, fathers who are not saved, fathers who are evil, downright evil, know how to give good gifts to their children. He says, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? How much more will our beautiful, glorious, honorable, heavenly Father, our Daddy God, Abba Father, give to you and to me when we come and ask? Isn't that great? Now, some things he may say is not good for us, and he may say no. But let me tell you today, he has a way of bringing pleasure to you and to me in that relationship that he desires with all of his children. It's very intimate. It's very personal. It is obviously pointed towards you and me. And how much more will he give us good gifts? Will he give the Holy Spirit? I tell you, I pray for the Holy Spirit to come. I know I have the Holy Spirit within me. But I need His anointing. I need His grace. I need His presence in my life every moment of every day. I want to tell you today how much trouble would Jim Barcliffe get into on a regular basis if it wasn't for God Almighty. And somehow when we get to heaven, maybe He'll show us that. He'll say, I kept you from that. I kept you from that particular danger from being jeopardized by even as far as your life being extinct. You know, how many times has maybe he's kept us from that danger? Have you ever been on the freeway and later on you saw where somebody maybe missed you or somebody ran a stop sign and you hesitated and you didn't pull out there and maybe God spared you? How many times you think, well, it was just sort of coincidence? No, I believe it's God Almighty. Hallelujah. I believe it's God keeps us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, we have high regard for our Father. And yes, he's our Abba Father here. But I want to tell you today, he does great and mighty things within our lives. And so, you know, some people, they have an inter interaction with God. It's cold and distant because they believe that God wants it that way. Others take the fatherhood of God as an invitation to a kind of familiarity that's not respectful, respectful for his dignity of who he is. He's God Almighty. 
hallowed be thy name. Holy, holy, holy is set apart. And so he is he's worthy of our reverence. He's worthy of our respect. He's worthy of our honor. He's worthy, worthy, worthy. You know, disciples would have understood it about being a father here because he, we approach God with a mixture of warmth and comfort and familiarity balanced with a high regard for his dignity, his majesty, and his honor. Psalm 89 says it like this, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. In Psalm 95, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. In Psalm 96, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. You know, I've often felt that grieving of the Holy Spirit, I think sometimes in the churches, as people believed as if God were not even present in their meetings. We act like God isn't, and, and I've always said only you can give your worship to God. Nobody else can worship God for you. You give your worship to God, okay? And that's why I said there needs to be freedom in our worship service because we express that freedom, and we, ex we express that worship in a way that God convicts our hearts by the lead leadership of the Holy Spirit. So some people just feel like he's not even here. No, he is here. He's in our midst. And so when we worship, we should worship in that way, out of respect for Him, because He is with us. And obviously, he, he, we think sometimes it's difficult. We've got to kind of pry the answers, the prayers out of His hands. And no, we just come and just come before Him and, and, and just ask Him and believe Him, because God does that, because out of respect, God does mighty things. Respect. The second thing item here is, remember, respect our Father who art in heaven. The second is focus, our focus here. You know, have you ever talked to anybody and you can tell they're not listening to you? You want to continue to talk to them or you just sort of like, well, I might as well end this conversation. Nobody's listening anyway, okay? That's the way it is sometimes we talk to God. We got all this mess in our minds. We've got all this clutter that's just jumbled up in our minds. We're thinking about it. Now, what have I got to do today? You know, I want to ask you something. I want to see the answer, so I want you all to answer me. When you sit down to pray, what is the next thing that happens? When you sit down to pray, you're going to get serious, and, and you want to get along with the Lord, you want to talk to Him. What usually happens when you do that, Jennifer? Talking. Your mind chases off. Good point. Anybody else? What usually happens, and I'll tell you what happens. Huh? Distractions. Is distractions. Anybody else? Exactly. In different ways. Say, who said that? The phone rings. Anybody ever sit down and really we're going to get serious about talking to the Lord? What happens? The phone rings, doesn't it? Watch what happens. You see, the enemy doesn't want you and I praying. It's the most powerful thing that you and I can do. And so every distraction, every particular errand that you have to run, everything you have to do that day will come into your mind. And it will begin to clutter up your mind, won't it? But the phone rings with me. And you know what I think about? I'll go, it's got to be really important. Or somebody wouldn't be praying me, at, uh, wouldn't be calling me at this particular time. And I've learned, I said, i got to let that go. Because the enemy will do anything 
to, to do that. And most of the time, when that does happen, usually who is it on the other end of the line? Solicitor. A robocall, right? I'm going, oh, man. And so what happens, let me tell you what happens next, if we're not focused, is what happens is you've been interrupted, so then what happens? You get up, and you go, oh, man, I can't, I might as well give up on this time. This has been, this day is shot. My prayer time with the Lord is shot. I might as well give up. What, and that what happened? Then you put it aside, and you don't go back and sit back down again. The Bible says go in our prayer closet. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean in a closet, although a closet's quiet in most cases, except if you've got several kids, right, Jennifer? And all, and stuff, or Kendra. There's no quiet place in these two ladies' homes, I'm sure. But if you can get aside and, and listen, because what happens is we give up on prayer, and we don't revisit it. And so that day's shot as far as really hearing and being in the presence of the Lord, because in the presence of the Lord... There's that joy that Kendra spoke of, the joy of his presence, the joy of the Lord there. Now, Matthew 6, I'll read it, verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And so I want to say today, don't necessarily worry about quantity. Get into quality. Get in the presence of the Lord. But let me say it like this, because in my life, sometimes it takes a while before the... Uh, it takes a quantity before I can move into the quality. Does it with you? I have to sit, and when I finally get quiet, which takes me a while, and the clutter in my mind and all these thoughts are going about what I've got to do that day, when they finally simmer down, settle down, is I move into the quality time. Don't give up. There's a breakthrough that comes in your prayer life. And you focus upon the Lord. Focus upon Him. Speak to Him just like we're speaking today. He is here today. You know, in Isaiah chapter 6, it's holy, holy, holy that the seraphim were saying. And, you know, uh, in Revelation, it talks about it. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Now, that's repetition, but that's quality repetition. That's not vain repetition when you say that. And it's not vain repetition when you come back to the Lord and you ask Him maybe again, because He says, Ask and it shall be given, to seek and ye shall find, and knock and it shall be opened. And then He goes on to say, They keep on asking, they keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. And so you keep on. And it's not necessarily vain repetition. We know when it's vain repetition, we're just sort of going through the motions. You know, I don't want to go through the motions. I'm meeting with Almighty God. I'm meeting with my Father. And by God's grace through Jesus Christ and by the power of God's Spirit, I can be touched by Him. I can be changed by Him. We've got to give our attention to God. We've got to shut the door on everything else and have a conversation with the Lord. So we've got to focus. If not, you will be distracted. You won't be able to. Nothing wrong with praying in your car. Don't get me wrong. Let me make sure and couch what I'm saying. 
Nothing wrong with breath prayer. It's nothing, you pray on the run, praying and so forth. But there's something about when you get along with the Lord, when you sit in his presence. Remember we talked about it. And sometimes, you know, when you're just sitting there and God is basically just, I think, kind of reminding me, just be quiet, be still, and know that he is God. And the presence of the Lord will come, and I can sense his presence. Focus is the, is the respect, and then focus is very, very important. Sometimes when I walk, I'll pray, because it's usually quiet enough to where I'm focused, because I'm not seeing anything else except maybe the surroundings, the environment, and so forth. And I'll lift my hands. I'll praise him. When I'm praising him, I may thank him. And I'll just, my hands will shoot up in the air. I'll just praise him and thank him and so forth. Sometimes you may be praying and asking for forgiveness. If you're obviously, it doesn't make any difference to your position, but sometimes when you kneel, that makes, that's something that, that people do. In a position, you position your body in that way to ask forgiveness. And maybe even, you know, uh, I don't suggest this because I may have trouble getting up, especially with my knee, but sometimes you can lay prostrate on the carpet or whatever and pray to the Lord. I do that at times when I feel God nudging me, just let me lay before you, Lord. You know, David, obviously, in when the temple, the uh, uh, the Ark of the Covenant was there. He sat before the Ark, and he just enjoyed God's presence. And so whatever way you do it, get your focus upon the Lord and talk to him, respect him here. But you know, sometimes it seems desperate prayers are the ones that really have the quality. When you're really desperate, you know, I've always talked about this, and I'm thankful for all the blessings God has given us, but we have so much in this country we have so many things. We have so many things of entertainment today, so many uh, activities and, and distractions, again, that I think sometimes it's uh, not necessarily the best thing. But people who don't have a whole lot and people who, who they've gone to the doctors and they've done all these things and all, and, and nothing is working, when there's desperation, it seems like, man, that's when the quality of prayer begins to rise before the Lord like sweet incense as spoken of in Revelation chapter 5. It's a sweet incense before the Lord and God answers. That desperation, you know, I've gone and even here in this city, but going to Ecuador at times in Quito, there's a lot, so much poverty, kids on the street and we, we go out to, um, to visit with the, the families and the kids there in uh, that area is called San Antonio of Ecuador, South America and they feed the, the children and they talk and share and teach the children about Jesus and all. And they're just nothing but dirt roads out there, just nothing but dirt and, and their homes are cinder block homes. They don't have a whole lot out there. And, and I just, you know, you see they're grateful when they come in there with little pails of food or maybe they, they, they come in and smash up some plantains and cook plantains in, in the kitchen there. They're, they're grateful for what, what they have. But prayers of desperation, I mean, sometimes he's talking about those are the prayers that I believe God hears when we're desperate because we need him. But today, so often, we're kind of independent, aren't we? We've kind of wandered away from that dependency upon the Lord. You know, again, Satan knows how powerful prayer is. And he'll put every thought he can in your mind. You know, sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I'll sit down and pray like that, and some of the most horrible thoughts will come in my mind. I will not repeat them before you. I'll go, this is horrible. And you know what I do? I want to just shut and suggest, I rebuke the thought. 
I rebuke it because some of I mean, if I t- horrible, horrible thoughts will come in my mind at times. And where do you think that came from? Came from the devil. So what is happening here is he knows prayer that's going up before the Father. Our Father who art in heaven is going up. And he doesn't want those prayers answered. And so he'll do all he can to keep you off your knees, to keep you and I from praying. He'll stop Lighthouse Fellowship in its tracks from growing the way God wants as far as to be more like Jesus if we stop praying. But I'm not going to stop praying. How about you? I'm going to continue to press into what God has because there's more for us than what we've experienced in this church and your life and my life. And I want all of what God is. I want to tell you today. I want to experience his fullness. The Bible says that I can. And I'm believing today that God's going to do it, but he'll do everything he can to stop you and me and put those terrible thoughts. I'll rebuke that thought. We've got things coming against us, I'll be honest. And through the devil, through the flesh, and through the world, all three are battling against you from getting down on your knees and seeking that relationship to go deeper with Jesus Christ. Deep calls unto deep. I mean, I'm not talking about just sort of, you know, lollygagging through life and saying, yeah, I'm on that heavenly train to heaven. I'm talking about a deep, purposeful relationship with Jesus Christ, a deep relationship with him. He'll do that every time. I rebuke that thought. Rebuke it. I'll tell you another thing. Sometimes we deal with different particular areas of our lives and, you know, different um, habitual things, sins or whatever it may be. When that comes up, I want to share with you a a way out, a way of really defeating because God doesn't want you to continue in the same habits over and over again. And one of the ways you can do it is when that habit comes up or you're being tempted because temptation is not sin. It's when you yield to that temptation that it becomes sin. And how to get over that is when that, that temptation comes is focus on the Lord. Go back and focus on the Lord. Let me give you an example. When that temptation comes, turn to the Lord and tell him you love him. Turn to the Lord and say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I know this unbelief is rising up or maybe this lust or habit or whatever it may be. Whatever the issue is in your life, turn to the Lord and tell him you love him. Another way you can do it is this, is turn and say, I have the victory. I, I got the victory. Because what happens when you sin and I sin, our focus is off of Jesus. We turn away from the Lord. Instead of staying there and then saying something you shouldn't say and you know you shouldn't say it or having a particular attitude towards somebody that you know you shouldn't have, a particular whatever it may be, turn to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, I love you. And I had the victory because you gave me the victory, and I will not yield to this. When you turn to the Lord, that temptation will lose its power over you. Trust me, try it. It works. Because we're all faced with temptation. We have not arrived yet. We're not in heaven. There's still, we're all tempted. But Jesus said, we have an advocate that will forgive us as we run to him. Don't run away from the Lord. If you do stumble and fall, run to the Lord. So we see here, Satan is trying to keep us uh, in away from prayer because basically we say nothing's happening. Ain't nothing happening. You know, I've been praying and praying and praying. Nothing's going on. You know, don't give up. Some of the great people, prayer warriors down through the history have a real name for prayer. George Mueller, he prayed and prayed and prayed. Remember the story real quick. They were, uh, he had an orphanage in England and he had uh, a bunch of kids there. One night he said they didn't have any food. 
And he was a real prayer warrior. He believed God. He, had, he walked by faith completely. He believed God for everything, and everything he got, he got through prayer. Can you believe that? He didn't go out and say, hey, I, I've got to stop and go here. i got a Valero station. I can stop in there. No. Everything that he got, he trusted God, and he prayed it through. So one night, they didn't have any food to eat there at the place where the orphanage was. And he was praying. And so the kids came in, and it was a large group of kids, and they sat down, and they had the silverware in place and the napkins and so forth, and they looked at George and, and thinking, there isn't any food in here. There's no food. And George continued to believe and pray because God had told him, I will take care of you. I'll meet all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I'll take care of you. He kept praying and praying and praying, but it looked desperate. It looked like they were coming to the end to where they'd have to ch tell the children to go home. Go, uh, go, go to bed hungry. And here somebody heard a knock at the door and this catering company knocked on the door and came over there and they said, uh, he, they said, we've got all this food out here and the address that we were given to deliver the food to, it doesn't exist and we don't have any place to get this food. Can you take this food? George said, oh, certainly we can. He walked in put it on the table, and their kids ate. Everything he did, he trusted in the Lord. But it takes respect and it takes focus. But it also takes consistency. You know, I can't live my life during the week. You see, we meet here for an hour and a half. And then when you go out after you leave this place, if I go out here, then live like I want to, not considering the will of God in my life. You see, it has to line up. We're not perfect. Obviously, we stumble and fall, and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the bent of your heart has to be that you want to do the will of God in your life more than anything else in this world. There's no other way of living that I want to do God's will because He's my Abba Father. He's my Daddy God. So remember that also, that Jesus Christ paved the way. He gave us access to coming into the presence of the Lord and following through with that. You know, in Proverbs 1, verse 28, he said, Then they'll call on me, but I'll not answer. They'll seek me diligently, but they'll not find me because they hated knowledge and they didn't choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and they despised my every abuse. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to, uh, to, be, to be filled to the fullness with their own fancies. You know, God says, we want to live our way, he'll let us live our way. If you want to live consistently, I know we stumble, but I'm talking about today that my desire is when I do, I'll get back up again and I'll keep on. I'm not giving up. I'm keeping on being what God desires for me to be. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, James chapter 5 here, has to be the focus you know, religious ritual is not a substitute for obedient living. In Isaiah chapter 1, God says, I'm sick of your sacrifices. I'm sick of your church services. It's a form of godliness, lifeless ritual that really had no commitment of lifestyle. God's people were committing that sin. They didn't care. They were doing what they wanted to do. And God said, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I'm sick of your worship services. Tired of it because you don't want to live the way I've called you to live, you see? And God is saying today that we need to seek Him with all of our hearts here. You know, 
here we've got a couple hours here on Sunday morning and and then sometimes we live and go out and live just like the world never give God another thought another thought we never give him any type of honor and glory we never thank him we never give him praise you know again we can do it here but he's talking about when your lifestyle you're living for Jesus Christ consistent with what his word calls us to do he's saying the real fast in Isaiah chapter 58 is to help those in need, feed the hungry, and clothe those who are, who are in need of clothing, to help us. We have a food pantry here. We help people on a regular basis to be able to uh, make it through life. They don't have a lot, and, and God supplies their needs, and they're a grateful group that come in here. They're a grateful group. They thank God. They thank God for Lighthouse Fellowship. Continue. Many of you give some of our, our monies from Faith Promises. Uh, go towards the food pantry and then others of you give on a regular basis when I've met the people coming in here they thank God for Lighthouse Fellowship and for this food pantry on a regular basis you heard that I know Dan has always spoken of that too they thank God and we thank the Lord that we can be used for his glory and for his honor you know James chapter 4 you don't have because you don't ask and you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures he's saying here Get authority in prayer, believing God for that quality of prayer, of respect, upon focus, and then upon consistency. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. God gives us that opportunity. We cannot go back in time. You know, when I miss prayer or sometimes the time that I want to spend with the Lord, I can't go back and I can't somehow recapture that time, can you? There's no way you can go back. Take the day and seek His face. Ask Him. Ask God to send revival to this country, an awakening to this country, actually. Ask God to send revival to Lighthouse Fellowship, to all the churches in this area and beyond. Ask God to do these things. We, we miss because we don't stay consistent in our prayer life with the Lord because we're asking many times just sort of like mouthing words and so forth. Focus upon the Lord and get into that place where you know God hears you. And the Bible says if you know that He hears us, then we know what we have asked for. It will be given. Prayer is so vital. And you know, um, Jesus is teaching because His disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever Amen. Amen. We got it? Our Father, a tenderness about Him. A tenderness that obviously we can't even imagine. And He wants us to know, you know, I have not seen nor ear have heard what God has prepared for those who love Him. That is certainly for heaven. But I believe it's for right now. He said in John 10, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's for right now, abundant life, because we've been adopted. We're in the family. 
and He loves us. That's why we can say, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. May He forever be praised. Hallowed be Your name, Father. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word, Your truth. Thank You for Your presence in this place. We ask You, Lord, to, to change our hearts, O oh God. Make it ever true that we may be more like You. I thank you for every person here today, and I just pray, Lord, you ramp our prayer lives up. <laughs> ramp it up, Lord. Holy Spirit of God, I ask you to baptize us with fire. Baptize us with fire, your power from on high. And Lord, may we pray like we've never prayed before. May we pray for this nation. We pray for this world. Pray for our loved ones who are not saved. Pray for those that, that need healing or those need deliverance, whatever it may be, ask you, Lord, to put that burden. Help us and help us to stay the course as we lift up the holy and righteous name of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.